Coast Warriors Live Podcast 2023. Um, Will Evans here with Brad Larking and Sens Radio's Fonzie. Uh, the three of us together for the first time since early December. It's uh, first time for a few months. We've seen those dimply cheeks of Fonz's, that sparkle in his eye and uh, that weird painting that he hid from Simon Mannering. Uh, but Fonz, brilliant to see you, mate. Yeah, good to be back, Will. Um, it's yeah, it's been a while, eh? But uh, I feel like all the groundwork's been laid in the preseason, and it's it's time for the three of us to kick off with a season preview. Well, you've certainly been laying some uh, groundwork, doing plenty on scenes. Uh, they are working you to the bone, mate. It's it's great to hear. Fantastic interviews with Ian Smith and Staffy and uh, the other day. Separate interviews. Um, yeah, very well received and. They're giving us a hell of a plug as well. It's awesome. Uh, they're good lads on there. They really are. Um, and it's good to go on and have a chat. And they do a lot of good footy or rugby league content, which is good for New Zealand. So more than happy to go on there whenever they ask. And, and you might as well make the most of it until they really get to know you as well. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, actually, we haven't we haven't said we haven't brought you in yet, Brad. I know you've just dived in there, but how are you, Brad? Good, good to good to be back on the call with you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good down this way actually. Uh, a couple of busy busy working, new forms cranking along, and looking forward watching a bit of footy. Love seeing a bit of footy back on TV again, actually. So yeah, yeah good. I'm looking forward to this chat today, actually, boys. And uh, just on the scene stuff again, Fonz. I heard a rumor that uh, they were going to give you a sponsorship deal to change your name to Senzi. Is that? Is that just uh, a dirty rumour or is there some, some truth to that? Since he talks warriors. <laughs> Mate, I think, I think they'd be scared about their reputation in, in affiliating themselves that closely with me. I think they're much much happier to just keep me at a, a little bit of a distance, I'd say. It's probably best for both parties. Uh, thanks very much to Sins for, uh, for the support of, of our podcast. Uh, a lot of it's on the back of the great work Fonz does, obviously, but we appreciate them giving us a bit of a plug too. Great bunch of fellas there, Sam Hewitt, Staffy and Smithy. Um, and yeah. Logan Swankles as well, good lad. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, Fonz, you're sounding the part on there and congrats to you, man. You're doing a bloody good job there, buddy. I hope people don't dribble into this podcast expecting us other two to be <laughs> of a similar ilk because they're going to be sadly disappointed. What, what do they say, mate? Iron sharpens iron, right? That's, that's what's... <laughs> Well, you've got us pulling our socks up. I've got I've got three pages of print today. Whoa. So I'm going to have to do something here. Fonz is really ramping it up. That's, that's the most that you've written down, I think, since probably primary school, Brad. Yeah, and saying that one of them one of them's a shopping list, and then it's my birthday next Friday, so I've, another one's a list for what I want Trace to get me. But yeah, <laughs> it looks like prep. Um. Before we carry on, just wanted to, instead of doing this at the end of the podcast as a last thought, like I usually do, just wanted to give a big thanks to our Patreon supporters. Uh, we really do appreciate your contribution, really uh, helps out covering costs of the podcast and the website and everything. Um, so some of our really long-serving patrons, um, Michael Hobbs, Michael Gordon, and Ken Mace, who we're very familiar with on uh on Twitter, Ken Mace, thank you very much, team. Tim Miller, very, very generous uh, patron supporter who came on board last year. Um, also, Russell Butchers, uh, Nick Phillips, who we've had a lot to do with, great fella. 
Uh, ben Debs and our newest uh, patron on the back of our appeal last week, Brad, uh, Ro H. So thank you, Ro H, for coming on board. Uh, yeah. If you do want to support us, jump on our Patreon page. The links are all over the website. Um, and, yeah, really appreciate Just it. Fans <laughs> flashing everywhere. <laughs> closing that window. <laughs> you, can barely, you can barely hover over an article without it popping up. <laughs> So, we'll, have to, we'll have to do we'll have to do a show where we get some of our uh, Patreons on at some point. I think yeah. that'd be a good thing to do. Yeah, absolutely, they're quite a humble bunch. I have pestered them to come on. They're a little bit reluctant, but uh, pr but yeah, no, we will give them another another nudge in that direction. Uh, boys, I guess we'll start off with a bit of a wrap of the Warriors Storm trial from in my neck of the woods in Christchurch on Sunday. Um, yeah. What do you? It was a bit of a dud, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't a great watch. A lot of drop ball. It was absolutely sweltering here. Um, I think they would have had a fair bit to do with all the mistakes. And to yeah. do a bit sorry for them running around out there. But uh, what would you make of the actual game, Fonz, and, and what it means, I guess, for the Warriors heading into the season? Ah. Oh. I mean, you can tell a couple of different stories about that game, right? So the good story, the glass half full story is um, we played Melbourne's top team. We dropped a lot of ball, yet we still went in 6-0 up at half time. And, you know, there were some good signs in D, good scramble, good attitude. Um, just the execution was bad. That's, and then, you know, you can sort of write off in that story, you just write off the second half as we started subbing players on and some of the young guys made some errors that led to some tries. And so, you know, you can look at it that way. Um, probably the the glass half empty story is that if you kind of look at the stats and how that first half went, it was more of the same from last year, which was they ran for 1,900 metres in the game to our 1,400, right? So that same old story, not winning yardage. Um a lot of errors from key players, including Sean Johnson, just not hitting the mark. And um, you sort of look at it and go, where are our points going to come from and how are we going to hold some of these bigger, more physical teams when we're short a prop or two? You know, so that's that's the glass half empty story. Um, and, uh, you know, but the good thing is overall it's a trial, so you can tell whatever story you like, doesn't matter. Yeah. The glass half empty. It is. Uh, what was I? Where was I going with that? I, I like the fact that it was shit. Geez, I I, like, I enjoyed seeing our back three under pressure in that first half, and yeah. it made my because I haven't. It's not. It's no secret that I'm not a big fan of Canberra, so I haven't watched a lot of chance play fullback because I usually avoid a Canberra game unless we're playing them. Um, so all of a sudden, I'm more than happy for him to be at fullback. He is so safe at the back there. Um, Montoya, I reckon he's going to have a big year. I, 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 I reckon Montoya might have an absolute barnstorm. It. And even Dallin, just that little creation, creating something out of nothing. I thought the back three had a great first half, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, huge uh, first up effort from CNK because he was under the pump a lot of that first half. Some great takes under a lot of pressure. Marcelo yep. took a couple of big takes. And as you said, uh, Dallin's runaway try from the scrum win. Um, we need all the game-breaking um, impact that we can get. So Dallin producing something like that in the trial was pretty awesome. I also thought Nukore was really uh, impressive in his first hit out. That big hit on uh, Aaron Penne, ex-warrior, to force the error leading to the Dallin trial was 
outstanding. Um, Jackson Ford was a real terrier. Yeah. That first half, and yeah, really led that defensive energy, I guess. And as you said, on the scramble, uh, you talk, you and Teets talked a lot about that and, and sort of honed it on what Webster said about it not, you know, missed tackles being a bit of a mis- misleading stat. And we might see a bit of that um, stat climbing, but they're a better defensive team. Uh, they are outstanding on their goal line. To hold them to nil with all that ball in the first half was really encouraging. Just uh, disappointing the, uh, yeah, with the ball, we, we kind of stunk and uh, lost the sort of yardage battle. Um, you've got a few concerns about Mitch Barnett that you talked about on on Sens, but as, as good a player as he is, um, being our you know, starting prop. Bit of an issue. Yeah, like I mean, Mitch Barnett's a, a great player. Like I, I, you know, I have him in my team any day of the week. But um, he's, you know, like you, you don't you don't just become a prop. Like you, you do an apprenticeship to be a prop. And I know Mitch has played a lot of thirteen, and there's some overlap between thirteen and prop. But I reckon he himself would admit that it's a slightly different conditioning, a slightly different, um, you know, contact, a slightly different role, and. Um, I think he's he's going to have to do a bit of work to to be a prop, and I think that's going to take some time. So we've really got this guy who's a hundred game, hundred something game vet who can do a, a certain job with his eyes closed, doing a different job. And I, I mean, I, I thought he, he he was good, he was okay, but I, I mean, the the run meter speaks for themselves, right? We we weren't winning the middle, um, and I'm not sure that this sort of strategy of Barnett and Yakore coming in and doing a job because there's no one else to do it is going to work for us, but we've got no choice. So you just got to... It's the simple fact of the matter, is it? We just try and get creative and try and make polish some dog shit and get it sorted. What what do you say, Brad? You you can only kiss with the lips that you've got or or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, 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 that's the one, mate. That's exactly (laughs) it. That's that Jackson Ford's going to be unlucky if he doesn't make the 17, isn't he? I'd pick him. Yeah, yeah. same. Get to our he's 17, had a couple so, of ripping games. Yeah, well, he's had two great trials um, and close to our best, I guess, on on uh, Sunday. Um, Fonz, you talked about the looking at the runs per metre stats for each player as well. Looking at Barnett, he actually was not too bad in that department, 85 metres from 10 runs. If you compare it to Fanua Blake, 92 from 11 Runs Harris 100 metres from 13, yep. Bunty 88 from 9, and Ale, who wasn't on for that long, 41 from 5. So does compare, or I don't think it, it like he, he can do the job, Barnett. He's just, yeah, a bit yeah, of a All those stats suck. Like the, the thing yeah. is, like all of those are me- not suck, they're mediocre, you know. So, yeah. like he's, yeah, so he held his own in a mediocre outing from the middle. So, like I'm not. It's this isn't a Barnett problem. It's a roster com, roster problem. Yeah. Um, and I, like I'd need to see in round one how we go against Newcastle. Newcastle short a couple of forwards, I reckon too now. So um, see how that goes. But I think if if we're going to play this with essentially back rowers at prop, then we're not going to be able to just do one out. We're going to have to have a lot more going on in the middle. I didn't see that on the weekend. I'm sure Webby understands that. So, um, as and that's a more complicated game model, you know, where um, you've got more players in motion, all the rest of it. So, I think that's where we're heading out of necessity. And 
just haven't seen it yet, so it's hard to be confident about it. That um, yardage uh, discrepancy there, obviously influenced by the we only had forty three percent possession and made a shit ton of errors, so mm. obviously that contributes to that as well, I guess. Yeah, but have a look at um, have a look at the amount of uh, carries and the average meter per carry. It's I, I don't have the number in front of me, but in terms of sets, we had a similar number of sets, even though we had less possession. And if you look at the total runs um, and and then work out the average metres per carry, it's low. We, we were doing like 30, 30, 35 metres a set. They were doing 40, 45 is what it came down to. Um, over halfway very often coming out of our own, for sure. Yeah, and, and if the Storm didn't drop the ball every two minutes in that first half, they would have racked points up. I've got no doubt about it. Like We, we were knocking on giving them ball. But the Storm don't usually complete at 60 or whatever it was, 50% in the first half. And so, um, yes, it was. A, there's that story around a good scramble and so on in the first half defending our line. But it does help when the opposition's dropping the ball in good ball on the third tackle and you don't have to hold, you know, don't have to hold them. I was almost thinking when I was sitting there watching that first half, if both teams were sort of tanking to put themselves under pressure, to give themselves some game yeah. pressure practice. Like, it was just... <laughs> Abhorrent. The, the, it was horrendous handling from both teams. Gee, that um, Sofa Salamona or whatever, however you sorry, that made a, made a, he is just amazing, isn't he? Every time he gets an arm free, no one can get high enough to fucking cover up the ball on him. I saw him at training in person. I've seen him before, but yeah, just a reminder of what a gigantic human mm. being he is. He is a freak of nature. There's not many forward packs we come up that good, is there? But we're still, yeah. yeah. I don't know. They're a lot weaker than they were last year, I think, the Storm. I don't, yeah. Yeah, true. Concern, concerning that we did, we're so far behind them on the weekend. Um, hey, Biff, Will, Will, what did you see from up in the box? Like, how did you see the game? Uh, so I was in the, I don't really, on the whole, to be honest, from an analytical point of view, don't really enjoy being at the ground anyway. I prefer watching it on TV and I was where our box was down in the corner. So I didn't get that great a view. I got a lot of a decent view of the Warriors defending on their line the first half. Um, but yeah, I don't think I would have picked up anything that you wouldn't have seen on the coverage yourself. I found it a little bit of a distracting watch to be honest. Sean Johnson will did you did you uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm gutted that we are having this conversation so early in the piece before we've even played a competitive game. What I will say is that uh, his kicking game was awful, and that was probably the, the biggest downer for me. Like, you, you'd want that. His execution and kicking is what we really need him for. I mean, there's still people who jump all over him because he's not creating enough or not running enough. Um but, yeah, just, like, the not finding touch from the, the penalty early on, uh, another kick out on the full not long after that, and then, yeah, it the, just didn't really hit the mark with any of his kicks, and I thought that was kind of the, the disappointing uh, facet of, of the game. As far as running goes, I wasn't worried about that. I don't, don't need to see Johnson at 32 taking the line on it every set. Like, that's not what that trial was for for him. Um, you know, he... And just looking at stats, he had eight runs, 48 metres. Jerome Hughes, probably the best running halfback in the NRL, nine runs, 69 metres. There's not really that much difference there. And Volkman, uh, 
Sean Tars partner for run. So not worried at all about that, just that execution. Um, and yeah, and I guess just the pressure that he's, I guess, kind of brought on himself from the, the section of the fan base. Um, sorry about that. Section of the fan base because he had a poor game um, was the biggest disappointment for me. But, you know, the, the early talk about him already being under pressure uh, to keep his spot is just, you know, absurd to me now. But we'll see how we're looking after three rounds and, and if we get three more of those types of performances. But, yeah, Fonz, what did you reckon? Oh, I, I probably agree with you. I mean, his edge as well with Curran um, and... Before that, Nikora didn't really have much shape going on, but we had no good ball. We had no, um, you know, space. He's playing behind a beaten pack. So, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely in the camp of I'm not going to overread a trial, right, for Shawnee. But it is a bit worrying. Like, you, you kind of, like, yeah, Hughes and Munster didn't do anything amazing, but they weren't making rookie errors in the way that Sean was, you know. And, and, and they did, like, if you look at, um, their key players, their key spine players, they did at some point in the game step up and do something. And yeah. Sean's, Sean should be one of those players. Like, uh, it doesn't have to be flawless, but there should be something. So, anyway, I'm, I'm not going to labour it. That was probably Cam George ringing you just then to say, get off the Sean top of this. <laughs> but um, but, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to go into it now. Just, um, he, he looked complacent a little bit. Thought it, He almost thought the kicks were just going to come to him and he didn't have to try. It just I did like it. There was one, like, there was a moment in the first half. He skipped away from Munster chasing out from Marker. Skipped away from him, but then done all the good work and put in a dud kick. Just done yeah, this that's the one he put it on the fall. Was yeah. that the one that was on the fall, yeah. was it? Yeah, I thought that was shithouse. But then I did, like, there was a hint of maybe 10 minutes as well when Dylan Walker come on and they're sort of going too wide from the ruck using Walker, yeah. and I, li- I liked that little hint of yeah. something, a bit of jowl happening there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd, far out. I'd, the worst part about Sean Johnson not playing well is having to put up with everyone telling you that Sean Johnson's not playing well. It's just a, there's just a few things. Like I mean, he, he played with Curran a lot last year, Curran, on that edge, and there's, like they, they are running, like, the three of us could get on a field and start running some lines outside each yeah. other and, and be more in sync than those two were. That's just weird. Like, yeah. I find that weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't just Sean and that's you yeah. know, on all of them. And, you know, we saw them try and put a play together and Toru throw it, threw it to the ground when it was meant to, you know, hit Sean on the chest. So it was yeah, a, see, you know, a lot a couple of, of things from Tohu that pissed me off. Well, not pissed me off, but I thought it was a little weird. There was one where he had passed the ball to Fanua Blake and Fanua Blake hit, hit and spun and Tohu's walking, facing the other way, walking away from the play, not there. He could have had an offload in another few metres and he would he was already setting up for the next play, given up on the play. So, yeah. No, probably it's is, a trial. It's a bloody trial. Especially for the veteran players as well. Like, they don't need a trial. Like that, you know, so... Nah. There's probably a bit of these boys are, you know, like rolling in for it's almost an, a post training session for them. So, yeah. you know, it's a younger, it's like a guy like a Ford who's trying to win a first grade place who he's going to stand out because he's given it everything. It's like, That's, it's, you're right. That's who the trials are for. Yeah. Someone, else who, uh, someone else who needed a big game in the trial to press their claims, uh, Ed Cossey, oh, he couldn't have done much more to write himself off of round one. Uh, that, that read the jamming in when there was just absolutely no 
Even up inside our centre, Jamie. Yeah, oh, it was crazy. And then uh, falling into touch, uh, that led to the Storm's second try of the second half. And um, and then, yeah, Coates climbed all over him to get that last one. Not the only winger in the comp that that would happen to. But, yeah. again, he had his fingerprints all over all three Storm tries in the second half. And, um, yeah, poor old Ed. But I don't know that they can pick him in round one. Glass half full, if we're on the glass half full, glass half empty board, uh, I reckon he'll go close to top score in the New South Wales Cup this year. <laughs> yeah, it is glass half full. Yeah, I reckon he'll do well. He'll, he'll, he'll go real well. He's just not that. I, I think we have to put in a makeshift centre to keep Montoya and Dallin on the wings. I don't, I don't yeah. want to shift either into a centre position. Of, of having, and because I also don't think Montoya is good enough to be an NRL centre. No. Centre doesn't offer enough, and he's been very good on the wing. Um, yeah. Great in the trials, so I think he's got to be there. Should we get into our predicted 17 fonts? Based um, on the, before, before we do that, do you want to, you had a bit of exposure to um, the Storm coaching staff and stuff as part of this trial and while they're out here, mate. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? before? Uh, we... Yeah, so uh, with my role as, uh, with Canberra Rugby League, got to sit in um, on the coaching seminar that they ran after their uh, captain's run on Saturday. So 15 local coaches. Um, got to have a bit of a Q&A with Craig Bellamy and his staff, which includes his son Aaron, who I think is, is in charge of their attack, uh, Mark Brentnell and... Uh, Ryan Hinchcliffe, former Premiership player, and ex-Warriors great Todd Lowry. <laughs> um, so they're all great. They all uh, gave, you know, really enthusiastic. I'm sure that sort of thing, you know, when they're preparing for for the season, might be a bit of a, a ball ache. But they didn't certainly didn't uh, act like it. They gave some great answers just about their experiences in in general. Um, or particularly Craig, uh, but also just answered stuff like what they look for in a player. Um, yeah, some really interesting insights. Um, that, you know, some of them talking about you, they, you wouldn't believe how many players don't have just the basic, um, the basic sort of rugby league skills that you take for granted. Even things that we would probably have an innate ability to do just from playing a lot of touch footy or something, like being able to ice a two-on-one or that and that sort of thing. Um, so it's amazing. Carrying the ball in the right hand? That's a bugbear for me. Wingers carrying the ball in the wrong hand. Yeah. That's me. Um, and, yeah, and, and I guess just uh, attitude-wise as well. And it just sort of underlined to me, to hearing all of them speak, but particularly Craig, just how much success is built on that you know a positive attitude doing you know doing it for the guy next year that mental strength and all that sort of thing like i know you know game models all that sort of stuff is gonna get be the difference between you finishing you know eighth and sixth or whatever but just you know having that right mental frame is going to be the difference between so the warriors finishing 13th and knocking on the door of the eighth or going further um yeah, so I, I don't know. From what I've seen from, heard from Webster, it seems like that's the kind of track that he's on, hopefully. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, Bellamy talked a lot about how he's changed, I guess, how he talks to players. He's, he said he used to just fly off the handle uh, in the early days. He said now he's realised he, 
you know, you can't just do that with every player. You've got a, you know, bit of a compliment sandwich or, uh, you know, that sort of thing. You can't just... Uh, Stab out winny blues on people's <laughs> foreheads. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think I, from what I've seen, you know, Webster probably has that kind of balance of being a hard case, good bloke, mate type like Brown was, but also having that sort of harder edge when it's needed, like a, you know, Bellamy or all the sort of super coaches around. So, uh, yeah, it's just a, you know, really just not, you know, kind of for someone like me, cool to be in the same room as someone or a bunch of people like that, but uh, great to get their insights and kudos to the Melbourne Storm for putting back into the grassroots when they're in town. Very tight schedule, so, um, it'd yeah. Good to, it'd be good to be at a club like the Storm with the history they've got where you could attract the exact player you wanted every single time when you're hunting, like to build that um that what's the word for I can't remember, I can't even think of the word. But you know what I'm trying to say. Build build around that, build a team of like minded people. Whereas the Warriors we struggle I think we'd struggle a little bit. Probably a lot of players would want to have here to build that sort of what is the word? Why am I struggling to think of that word? Do you, do you mean culture? That, that yeah. Is... yeah, why didn't I get that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but culture. But the, I think the teams like the Roosters and you have storms in that. They've got the name, so people want to go and yeah. play there for unders, but they get all the people that in the same culture. And also, Bellamy's son, what's the, what's the deal with him? What's his footy background? Uh, I didn't really know too much about him before the other day, but he's been on the staff for ages. I just don't think he's had a playing career of note or anything. Uh, right. Seems like a good fellow, though. Um, Big fan of the show, I think, actually. Regular, <laughs> regular listener. Oh, yeah. oh, is he? Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh. Um, Tell him to jump on the Patreon. We'll give him a shout out. <laughs> what well, sets the storm apart is that like they don't go go out and sign a hell of a lot of big names. They mm. make their bones on developing players from either youngsters or kind of seemingly journeyman fringe players and turning them into stars. Mm. Um, you know, someone signing like Xavier Coates is a bit of a you know anomaly for them. Yeah, uh, and they, I think that's what. If I, if I was allowed to ask a question, we left it to all the coaches to ask the questions, our local coaches, because it was for them. But that's what I would have asked. So like, how do you, you know, what's the secret to the Storm's success of turning players that are seemingly low-key signings into, you know, first-grade stars? Um, Origin players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, anything else to add from well, – was a great occasion, I would have to say, as well, for Canterbury, for Christchurch. Um 12,000 there for a trial match. Haven't yeah, seen good. footy here since 2019. Big crowd, bigger than you get for the Crusaders at the same venue uh, most of the time. Yeah, I thought it was really showed the appetite for rugby league in, in our region and the South Island. Nice. Good stuff, yeah. Any other any other news you want to cover before we do best 17? Um, um, oh, yeah. So, well, Sifakola uh, added to, the, to a full-time contract. Yep. Happy with that. Very impressive against the Tigers. I know it was a pretty poor Tigers outfit, but he was pretty dominant and he's only 18. So that's the kind of guy you want to be hanging on to, I think. Well, we don't have a flag team. So there's, you know, he's either going to be playing SG Ball 19s or Cup. Um, yeah. And then into first grade. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's. Probably it's good. It like it sends a signal that we're a development club and that we're looking to promote from within. It will make the younger guys around him hungry because they've seen him do it. So it can be done. 
Um, it probably also says that there's no one else we can sign because, um, you know, there's just nothing else doing in the transfer market because, um, you know, if you look at what the squad needs this year, it's someone who's first grade ready in the middle and so we, we can't find that. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I don't know a lot about the kid. I saw him in that first trial, obviously. I thought he looked pretty good um, and... He's, he's obviously a 2024 prospect, I think, for first grade, not 2023. But if he's that good, he'll get a lot out of a year with the top squad. Yeah, because he got a dose of reality when he came on against the Storm, didn't he, in the weekend? It, it wasn't wasn't such easy going for him. Yeah, I didn't really notice him, did he? But 18, that's pretty impressive. Imagine being 18 running out those dudes. It, yeah. It, yeah. It, good on him. Good on him. The other little snippet of news was a... Uh interview with Robbo, um, a club club uh, club produced interview so obviously it's always going to be slightly self-serving but uh, what did you, you make of it Fonz? Robbo sort of coming out of the woodwork really we haven't heard much from him for quite a while. Did, did, you, did you see it? Did you see it Brad? Did no I it? haven't. The first time I heard about it was in I got the run sheet for the show. Yeah um, oh, mate like I, I don't know I um, yeah, I mean, I understand the club is trying to improve Robbo's image because, in a way, if you improve Robbo's image, it's good for the club because he's the owner of the club or his company is. Um, I, let, let's just say that you don't impress me by making self-promoting puff pieces and publishing them through your club's website. Let's, let's just say that. Um, <laughs> I, I, Russell Crowe, we don't need to hear from him, is my opinion. I thought it probably still shows hard as in the right place where I and I don't think that that's really been in doubt. Like he, I'm sure he genuinely does want the club to succeed for the fans and for the country. Although I think there's a fair bit of it, you know, to do with uh, his own ego. But I think on the whole, hard in the right place. Maybe the you know that they did that piece was a slight admission that uh, he dropped the ball. With some of the you know the public perception stuff last year, uh, probably wasn't quite enough contrition for the uh, for me uh, in that. But hey, Robo, Robo, fund a flag team, fund a jersey flag team, and I'll give you a clean slate straight off the bat. <laughs> it, 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 it would be the first time in history the Warriors, as uh, as far as I know, unless I'm missing something, first time in history we've had a SG ball flag cup NRL pathway. You do that, and then. Clean slate for me um, because you've genuinely built something that we haven't had. Do that. What's, what's, remind me again. What's flag exactly? Is that younger again than SG ball? No. So ball's nineteen, flag's yep. twenty-one. Um, oh. Then you go into cups. So at the moment, we got a good, by the look of it, a good ball team. Right. Yeah. We literally have nowhere to go next year. Um, so oh. they, the ones who are too old for ball will either go in the cup or. Some NRL club in Australia will come over and say, "Hey, come play in our flag team. We'll get you in our yeah, system." Okay. Right? Yeah. And and there is talk he might fund a flag team, but the ball comps only like 12, 14 weeks um, over three months early in the year, whereas the flags a full season, so it's much more expensive to fund a flag team than a ball team. So I understand that as well, coming out of COVID. So I'm not having a crack, but I'm saying you do that, and then you can point to something straight out, meaningful that you've done, and that. Anyone who's a fan of the club will appreciate and respect. Um, videos aren't going to do it, bro. Because that's a, that's a decent gap, gap isn't it? That, when you highlight it like that, that's a decent old gap to expect these kids to jump past. 
<laughs> they aren't going to do it. These people. <laughs> The SG ball team's going good. 50 points they put on the storm the other day, was it? Yeah. Uh, I went out. I went out. I went out and saw them live, their first up game down yeah. in Redfern. Um, I had the uh, the whole family in tow, though, so it was a bit um, it's a bit, <laughs> bit iffy. But, um, yeah. Spent the 80 minutes standing in line for a hot dog. Yeah, that's right. But um, it was noticeable how uh, they look physically really well conditioned as a team and – they are um, athletically fantastic, and their defence was very good. Like oh, their nice. yeah defensive structure, which is Adam Blair all over, right? That you know Adam Blair's all about. He's a coach, so right he is too. He's all about fitness, conditioning, and defence as a player, and you can see that in the squad. And I think that's that's really positive. Um, they they you know beat South and South and no slouch team. They they put a lot of money into their pathways here in Sydney and. Um, that was the first time that group had been together, travelling to Australia and playing. So that was pleasantly surprising, actually, because I think I assumed all these teams would just be scratch teams thrown together who probably run last this year, you know, like while they – because a lot of these other players have been in squads together and so on. So um, that, that's actually a really positive sign. It's yeah. nice we've got the lower grades to keep an eye on this year. And they have plucked uh, quite a few players from around the – the country, Tanner Stowers-Smith from down here in Canterbury. Good to yep. see him getting a run. Um, and, yeah, there's a few others from – it's not just in Auckland. And, uh, no coasters? No coasters in there? I uh, don't know, Brad. I don't think so. There's but. one player for St. George, actually. SG ball team. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Uh, Pasco. Okay. Uh, what's his first name? I played I played my last ever game of rugby league with his father. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, wow. he, um, I think it's either SGB or Flag. He was at the Tigers last year, but he signed with Dragons this year. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's the only oh, – him and Griffin name are the only coasters sort of running around. Oh, you've got Slade Griffin, the coach of the New South Wales Cup team. Yep. And uh, Oliver Laurie, who's come out of the Horsall Club and is with the Tigers, He um, he spent a bit of time on the coast too. Oh, nice. In footy. I actually had a beer with his old man pre-game. Um, he's yeah. Had, Unfortunately, he's uh, picked up an injury, so he'll be out for a bit. But uh, his old man or the kid? No, no, the kid. He's a but he's a very promising player. Hopefully, I thought you, you might have got Wilbot on it. You, you, get, a, you get ten in you, and you, he turns into this thing we call Wilbot. And well, he, he, was, he was slagging off Sean Johnson, so yeah. Yeah. shit. Oh, wow. um, should we move on to our predicted seventeen for round one? Obviously, most of it picks itself, I think, but there is a wee bit. To talk about, yeah. Fine. So obviously, Chan's. We're thinking it's uh, yeah. Obviously, gonna be Chan's uh, fullback yep. and Dallin on one wing for sure. The rest of the three quarter line. How's that gonna? Well, is is everyone on Montoya for the left wing? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So are we picking what we reckon? <laughs> what we what we reckon Brownie's gonna do or what we do? Who? Uh, oh, we will. <laughs> Flashback. <laughs> oh, he's he's yeah, dropped oh, quickly. You need to cut that so we can put it back in when he has another good just, send or uh, just interview. cycle it through. Yeah. Just so about, are we, I just about vomited there. Bond. Well, buy Leah's one centre in that. Who who's the makeshift? Who's the other makeshift centre then? I'll tell you what. That'll be an interesting um, interesting one for when we've run out of things to talk about. Let's just go through and do a best seventeen that Brownie would pick out of this squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Cossie's first guy pack uh, <laughs> and captain play a coach. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, so Vailea's got one spot locked up. And yeah, who, you, who do you think will uh, be the other centre and who would you put there, Fonz? So do you reckon Vailea's got it locked up, though? Cause, I think he does for round one, yeah. Yeah, because it's hard to tell because on the weekend he initially named Pompey and Lily yeah. um, Army and um, Vailea was on the bench, like in the extended bench. And mostly that team was picked based on first round one team, I think. So I'm not sure that Valet has got it lined up, but I think he should. I would have him. I would have him there. But there's a question about what... Why did he disappear out of the whole game? Is he injured? Has he got an injury? He's got to have the niggle at least. He played in the All-Stars game and he he needed to play to to push his round one claims, you would have thought. so. Actually, I I did hear... No, he did. He pulled up with a strain out of the All-Stars game. That's what it was. And he wasn't available. That's what happened. So that... Pompey's admission isn't like isn't a selection issue. So who's your other centre then, assuming one? I think you'll go Pompey if it's a Nagel, Pompey and Vilea. So I I'd I'd go Pompey and Vilea because I I reckon really Army's um off the pace and I think he looked a million bucks in the Tigers game, which was a New South Wales Cup game. He didn't look that good on the weekend and um, but I'd see I he's got so far he's had uh, Vilea playing right edge and I'd flip him around I'd have Vilea on the left and reason for that uh, reason for it yeah because I mean it, it depends how Webb he's going to play overall but usually your left gets more good ball because players like the pass right the left and team set up that way and Tim Murray Martin's going to be out there so you're going to have Sean Johnson stepping out from the ruck on the left side and hitting Temaru Martin. And so that centre is going to be getting a lot of good ball. So you want your strike centre on your left normally and your more defensively sound centre on the right because that's where the other team's left edge is doing the same thing. All right. So so Pompey's like, I don't rate him in attack, but he's actually not a bad defensive centre. So if if it's me, I'm putting Vailea left and Pompey right. Um, but... That's oh, like I'd also put near quarter left um, on the left edge back row, and then I'd be happy having Vilea outside near quarter because he's a gun defensively, and so you've got some help there for the young fella. Um, so I'd, I'd set the sides up totally different to how Webby seems to be doing it. But yeah, but that's that'd be my two. Vilea switched to the left in the second half against the Tigers and picked up a couple of opportunities. Yeah. Um, I would, but if it's between. Pompey and Viliami, I'd definitely pick Viliami. I know he's unspectacular and a bit of a journeyman old stager, but I think he'll plug plug a gap, especially early in the season while we're trying to find our feet. Pompey is a catastrophe waiting to happen. I'm still having nightmares from that Dragons game last year. It was absolutely appalling, and I'd, he just has no business being anywhere near centre. I'd, I'd <laughs> happily have, have him on the wing. He'd probably be my next winger pick. Yeah, Poppy. I think he's done really well in first grade there, but um, a first grade centre, he ain't, in my opinion. And I really hope that either he proves me very, very wrong, or we see someone else pick. I'd, I'd love to see Dylan Walker picked in the centres personally. But yeah, it's, yeah same. But he's too handy. That floating, roving. Yeah. At the moment, he's he's he was another one that actually. Um, I was impressed by in the weekend. I thought he was pretty He was that centre, wasn't he? Yeah, then he, he yeah. went at the... Yeah. Oh, second half. Se- he played yeah, through the middle for a bit, and then he played a good chunk of the second half at right centre, I think. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. I, I wonder if we'll get to the point where the net result of having him at centre and just having an, a normal bench will be better for this team than having, a, you know, an absolute uh, dud at, in one of the yeah. centre spots and having this kind of impact rover. It's not a bad shout, yeah. But, it's, a, it's a bit like... Um, I mean, there's a certain point, though, where you've got to go, well, I just want to play the game this way, you yeah. know, and, like, I, once you start going, I'm going to – because we're already doing it at prop, so I'm going to get this bloke to cover here and that bloke to cover there, and yeah. all of a sudden it's just a pub team, you know, where blokes are filling in <laughs> here and there and Still everywhere. And, yeah. It's an incredibly versatile squad, even if we don't have a lot of elite guys. There's, there's yeah. a hell of a lot of versatility there. Um, Harbs, he's just – he's gone – that's Martin, Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. 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 Well, like with Metcalf out, is not even a discussion. And I know yeah. it really was one anyway. Baldwin's uh, got some learning to do. He got dazzled in the lights of Munster in the weekend and got sucked in, left left a big yawning gap for old mate to charge through. He's just come off a shoulder injury, I think, though. So yeah, that was his first game back from rehab. Oh. Yeah, so don't go too hard on him on the weekend. He'll he'll, he'll be better. Um, yeah. But he does need – he needs, you know, good yeah, he's season. got a good body. New South Wales Cup body, and it'll be better yeah. than the Queensland Cup he was playing. Yeah. It was a shame we didn't get to see Johnson with Martin on the weekend. I don't know yes. if it helped him that much, but just, you know, I hope we get to see them have, you know, form a decent combination. Last year, uh, Sean played with five different 5 8s. Uh, Chanel was the most, 10, 10 games with him, and it was very sporadic. They were spread out across the year. No, he didn't have a five, the same 5-8 for more than four games in a row last year. Um, not going into bat for Sean, but that doesn't obviously help with that lack of continuity. And the other playmaking role, and I think Martin is a better 5-8 than he had alongside him at, um, the whole season last year. So, yep. I got I got high hopes for those two, actually. Yeah, so have I. Like, good to have two. Like, I know Martin hasn't played... A lot of half lately, but he's he's an experienced footy head, you know, and he's a grand arm. But exactly right, and I think I think that'll be good. I mean, on the weekend, aside from the fact that we had no forward momentum, like everyone knew the ball wasn't going to Volkman, right? So it was pretty easy to rush on. I think it'll be a lot better, (laughs) a lot better when we've got those two genuine threats, you know, both with some. Loud voices in the team. I, I do think I do think that will make a big difference to Sean. A big difference to Sean. Not least because if Sean's off, Temare yeah. has ex- experience and the uh, authority to just step up and overcall him and say, "Mate, you're off today. I'm doing it." You know. So, yeah. Uh, Fonz, if we can just step back to the centres, you uh, talked about Barry a bit and on the, uh, the Smithy interview or the Staffy one. He's still yeah. he's got plenty to offer in first grade. Well. Like, I mean, the, the yeah, question... Like, with us, with fans. Yeah, so he's injured at the moment, so he hasn't trialled, right? So we haven't seen him since last year. And we, I've seen him play cup and dominate at cup level. At cup level, he has looked at times like a player who clearly is above cup level, but then at NRL level, he's always looked like a player who probably should be in cup, you know? So he's sort of one of these in-betweeners. And so, yeah, the sense guys are asking me, who's not on people's radar that should be. And I think he's sort of gone off people's radar a bit. I mean, mm. the centre options are limited. You know, I, to me, it, all of the options have flaws in them. So it's not a big stretch for me to go, stuff it, let's let's give Barry another run. And 
I don't know what another preseason might have done with him, whether being back in NZ where he's from. Because he's, he's a Kiwi kid who, mm. you know, because a lot of these players, we talk about the COVID dislocation, but a lot of them were Aussies or Aussie, you know, based and stuff. He's genuinely a Kiwi kid who yep. had to spend three years in Australia living out of a suitcase and whatever, and is now back home with his family and his extended network and all that. So he's someone who genuinely just got smacked in the head by COVID as far as... I his... think he did too. Yeah. yeah. He was so... said by COVID. And just on Barry... He looks so coachable. Yeah. yeah. Like Barry. He looks smart and very, very coachable. Queensland Cup pilots looked really good. Um, he looked classy. Uh, but... The reason I bring him up, Fonz, primarily is because, and I've been wondering this for a long time, but I always forget to bring it up. Yeah. Just uh, throw out his um, his first name for me. Berries. How do you? How would you say it? Rocco. Yeah. So I always thought that you, because your pronunciation of um, our Maori and Pacifica players' names is outstanding, puts us to shame sometimes. And I thought that you, for for a long time, thought that you were trying to pronounce it like it was. Um, you know, Pacific Island name potentially, but I did some digging. Pronouncing <laughs> it as it would be pronounced in the Italian. Yeah, uh, I mean, Rocco's an Italian name. Yeah, um, just listen to this. I, I thought we had you, and I thought we we're going to give you some gentle ribbing, but then yeah. I, to pronounce names.com, this is what I found. Just listen to this. Hopefully, here, it comes here we go. Here we go. Did you hear that? No. Damn, I'm going to have to post a <laughs> post, post video on the show notes. But it uh, it comes off, it really, really rolls the R. Rocco. So, uh, it, it, it's like you actually recorded it on this howtopronouncewords.com. It's like yeah. you're the narrator. It's too You've good. One, one step ahead of us yet again. So maybe <laughs> it is. I was trying to find out if his mum was Italian, um, but because his his old man is a former All Black from the White Rapper, so um, yeah. But I think you might have us. It is spout with two C's and. Well, yeah. funnily enough, a, a lot of the um, Maori and Pacifica vowel sounds are similar to Italian vowel sounds, actually. So when I was trying to, I've, like, because I'm not Maori or Pacifica, and I haven't been exposed to Maori and Pacifica culture in a deep way in my life. And so actually the when the penny dropped for me, it's actually the same as um, Italian vowel sounds are very similar. That's when I sort of just started doing that and it it was a little bit closer. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's bang on. It's not a little bit closer. It's bang on. Mm, so yeah. we can uh, we'll, we'll find some dirt on you or else we'll just tap you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might have to do better. You have to do a bit better with your stitch-ups and <laughs> recordings that they work well. But, okay, uh, squeaky, squeaky clean, this guy, but we'll get him one day. We'll get uh, him. We'll just out him. We'll just out him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to the pack, um, obviously Adam Fanoa, Blake, Wade Egan, and do you think he's going to persevere with Mitch Barnett for now as his other starting front row? Yeah, I think he will. Yeah. Um, I, I would too, by the way. I mean, I, I don't know who else you're going to put there. I mean, would you put anyone else there? No, no. I mean, unless you just sort of shuffle them around and have had Bunty or Tom Arlo uh, starting. Yeah. So, like I was saying with Teets, um, 
one sort of half-baked thought I've had in the off-season is around this big prop, small prop idea. Like, say, if you're constructing a set, some of your sets you get momentum off your back five, back three. Some of your sets you're almost from a standing start, you know. And so I like this idea that you've got a big prop out there and then a smaller, faster prop out there, and the big prop sort of breaks the water and then the small yeah. prop sort of dives into the space, you know. Um, and um, so I, I, I look at it that way. I'd go Fanua Blake and Bunty are your big prop type, you know, first carry and – I'd split 80 minutes between those two doing that role. And then you've got your small props. So Ale's one of them and Barnett's one of them. And maybe, um, or it, let's not call it small, let's call it fast, you know, um, fast prop. So, yeah, Ale um, can do that. Barnett can do that. You can get an accorder to do that. You can get even Tohu to do something in between those two things where you need. So that's that's how I look at the build-up of it. So, yeah, I've probably got Fanil Blake doing 50-55, Bunty doing the rest of that 80, and then you've got to work out how you want to cut up the other 80 minutes between Barnett. Maybe it's Barnett, like, 25, um, Ale 40, um, and then maybe, you know, Nikore does 20 minutes or Tohua does 20 minutes or exactly how you want to do that. Or Barnett does two stints, depending on your preference there. Um <laughs> It's a mess. It's a mess. Like, let's not kid ourselves. It's, it's, but you still it's, have got the Tohu uh, option too, don't you? Yeah, quite play like, you, you know, he does have that kind of part of a front rowers game to the way he's used, I guess. Like, he does a lot of work, takes a lot of tough carries. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Barnett's uh, agility in defence, I thought, was something that stood out to me the other day. 32 tackles he made, so, you know, if you're going to get that sort of defensive work rate from your prop as well, that's that's going to be a pretty handy advantage. Um, but what, what about you blokes on that, though? So, like, we all agree there's Bunty, Bunty Ale um, and AFB doing standard prop rotation, then you've got to come up with another prop out of the others. So would you just give that all to Barnett or... Would you did you like what Nyakota did on the weekend? Or would you look at Tohu coming out of thirteen into prop? Like how would you do that extra slot, let's say? I like Nyakota on the weekend. Yeah. I did like that. Just for someone angry in the middle. He reminded me of sort of a Manu Maya. Is it Manu Maya? Remember him, that real yeah. angry guy from the Eels? Oh, I, yeah. I liked having that in the middle there. Someone when a player gets up to go nuts at someone, then they see it's him standing over and they quickly, sheepishly just play the ball. I, I, I like that aggression and angry man in the middle. Yeah, and, you know, he's a big unit too. Um, is he, what is his sort? Is he a big boy? He's 105. So both is him and Barnett are basically mirror images. They're both about 105, 6'1 players. It's like he's about 6'8 and 135 kilos. Yeah, he's just, more that rangy. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, I um, enjoyed watching him go around in the weekend. Yeah, uh, looking forward to see more of him, whether he's on the edge or the middle. Um, I just reckon, right. I just reckon Webby needs to be careful there. Where, like, if you're going, okay, well, I've got him on the right edge outside Sean, and then he's going to come into the middle, and you just the more time that players are moving in and around, it's stopping mm. that right edge combination where Sean wants his. You know, Sean likes to skip outside, so the back row needs to know to set a bit wider, run an outside line, you know. Like, the more you start mucking around with all this, you 
um, delay those combinations for me. It gets confusing. One minute Sean's got Nicoro there, next minute he's got Curran there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I just, you know, like you, you want to make sure you keep the reps up in the, in those spots. So if Barnett's, if Barnett's not going to play edge, I'd just go stuff it. Let's just, you know, and Tete said this to me. He said the way I was looking at it was too complicated. I've sort of come around to that. Just just play him two stints in the middle and let yeah. Nicoro yeah. play 80 minutes edge unless there's an injury. Yeah. Um, so you've got, obviously, Nicoro's got one second-row spot, Sona. Um, Jackson Ford got the two starts in the trials. Do you think that means he's locked in for round one, given he performed pretty well? I don't know. What do you reckon? Would you pick him? Oh, I really I like what he did, but he's, got he's earned Karen's, it. But, um, and Karen, what did you make of Karen's performance on the weekend? I thought he good energy, but it was a very Karen like performance, a little bit. Yeah. But, um, you know, I thought he really, you know, brought good energy for his first hit out of the year after a tough off season, personally. Yeah. yeah. I think Ford's beating him on points at the moment. <laughs> So, so I'll be there or thereabouts, won't he? Yeah, he'll be in the 17. I mean, I'd swap him around personally. So I'd have Nakora left edge, and I'd yeah. just play him 80 minutes on that left edge. And yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'd do. And then Ford and Curran would share the right edge because um, that's more like that's probably more your if less good balls going there, it's a bit more your worker edge. So that suits yeah. Curran. Yeah. And so for me at the moment, I'd probably I like Curran. I, I mean, I'd. Ford's been outstanding in preseason, but I'm not going to pick a bloke on two trials. So I play I play Curran um, right edge back row, and Ford would be my 17. And because I don't think Curran can do 80 minutes, because I don't think he's got the motor. So I'd probably have Ford coming on somewhere. Could be the first 30 minutes as well, by the way, where yeah, Ford yeah. starts. And, but I, I'd have Curran doing probably 50 minutes, 60 minutes on the right edge, and Ford. Um, being the other one, I, I just played Nakora eighty minutes left. He's he's too good a player to be moving around. I think his first best use is edge back row, and I want him. I want him where the ball's going. You know, I so that that's what I do. Yeah, that that's a fair point. Just play. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, not. Nice. So who? Because I was going to ask, who are our eighty minute forwards these days? If they have to, can go eighty for sure. If he's that, sorry, can go eighty if he needs to. Yeah, Corey, and then just swapping around the second rowers and front rowers between Curran, Ford, and the likes. That's all good. Um, I I said the other day I thought there might have been some superstitious reason behind Tohu and, and not wearing the thirteen. I yeah, think yeah, was, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. All the thirteen the other day, so I'm, I'm totally wrong. There. <laughs> from uh, him repeatedly getting named at lock over the last few years. But, I mean, getting named in the 12s and getting named in the second row, but he actually started at lock. So apologies uh, for that one. Was just oh, off, uh, I've got no idea what, what that numbering thing was, but he's back in 13. The other, the other day, you're just a journalist, Will, and you thought you had a story. Yeah, I thought I had a scope for you. Yeah. No, I, I thought the same thing. It was weird that they kept doing that when he was clearly playing 13. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think um, – I don't think we want to fall into the trap of playing Tohu 80 minutes, you know, because he's done that and he could do that. But obviously Walker's there to do a job at 13 at some point. And rather than then squeeze more minutes out of Tohu by making him play prop or edge, just give him a rest. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll get more out of him at the back end of the season if we do it that way. 
So I guess that leaves uh, the bench pretty reasonably clear cut as uh, Walker, Afar, Ale, and either Ford or Curran. Uh, yep. Yep, that's right. For, but now, for round one. For round one. But the hard part is how do you use like the hard part is the timing and how you use that bench. So um, is Egan going to play 80? Because if he's not, then who's going to do your stint at hooker? Is it Walker? And if it's Walker, then how's that going to work? That's the hard part. Mm. Like, so, Did he play a lot of dummy half in that role for Manly? I don't uh, – probably, probably talking crap here. I, I don't think I watched close enough to know. He definitely can play hooker. Definitely can play hooker, but – um, I wouldn't want him to do like a, a lot of this, you know, a lot of his time there. That's not his first best use either. But someone's got to be of able to spell Egan. So in our seventeen, we've got no hookers as we've just described it. So uh, other than Egan, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm looking at it going. Walker gives Tohu a twenty minute or thirty minute spell at thirteen, and he gives Wade twenty minutes at hooker. So you get 40, 50 minutes out of Walker, which you know you want, which you want from him because he's a good player and get him out there. Just then, like when you actually sit down and work out how to sequence that. So okay, so that means he's off and he's off and how the interchanges go it gets really complicated. And um, I probably should have actually done that so I could tell you the answer here, but I haven't. But you know, like I mean, that's that's the issue with this game model we've got of blokes going left edge, right edge into middle, and then. You know this and that it, it gets pretty tricky so but that's that's what i do um if you don't want walker at nine though you've got a problem in the squad which is you need to find a way to get lusik in there or jazz when he's back and you know maybe it's jazz instead of ford when um he comes back but then if you don't think current can do 80 minutes on the edge jazz can't play edge so then who's going to go there you know it gets yeah. it yeah, gets yeah. messy pretty quick and uh, jazz is in my 17 at full strength Purely based on his, you know, uh, on his who? stuff. Um, probably, yeah, probably Ford, I guess. Yeah. Or Curran. is a longer-serving player. I think he's been one of our best in a, you know, during this COVID period overall, probably in our top five players. Um, yeah, I don't know, jazz fan, and I think he just brings that little bit of mongrel and expected that isn't right through the squad. On the little bit we spoke about to Webster as well, it sounds like he was a fan of Jazz as well. I, I think the two of them will get on quite well, and I reckon he'd want him in there. But how, how are you going to use him, Will? So let's say he does come back yes. in the 17. Where's he going to go? Are you going to give him – let's say you give him 20 minutes of hooker. Fair enough. Yeah. What? But you, you don't carry a bloke just for that. So what no. else are you going to do with him? Um, yeah, I don't know, Matt. Either move him to that sort of lock role with – Tohu pushing up front or to an edge. The, the, like, that's kind of how he was used mostly, isn't it? But, um, yeah, but then what does Walker do? Yeah, that's a good point. The you know last I mean? like, years have out a bit, haven't they? Because yeah, they've cemented a spot. That's probably why I would like to see um, Walker at centre, because I think he's a, still a very, very good centre, probably the best centre in our club right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but we're kind of manufacturing this role that he did so well for Manly because they didn't need him to play centre, um, you know. Yeah. That's, I don't know, that's just how I see it. And if he, you know, could be, he could do jazz out of a job because he's so good at it as a impact middle dummy half cover walker. But, yeah, for me, I'd 
I'd put him at, at centre. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's an easy answer. Like, I reckon it's hard. Like, I think Walker is a better middle hooker option than Jazz, like 13 hooker option than Jazz, but um, Jazz is less versatile. So you could probably, in the squad, use Walker somewhere else. Um, or maybe you just end up with this luxury sub thing, right, where Walker's just there for injury cover and impact yeah. and um, luxury sort of um, bench spot. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not straightforward. Like, I think... There's only a couple of spots where you're not sure who's going to be in your 17, but then how you would use all the players through the game is actually very open to me. Like, the arrangement, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a good uh, position to be in. And, I mean, yeah, we talked about the versatility of the team. Nukoro being a, a test centre gives you, you know, that that contingency in a game as well for injuries. Um, but, yeah, Walker's obviously outstanding for that because he just about covers the entire part. He's played fullback, 5-8, you know, to centre, and um, and now middle forward, dummy half cover. So good position to be in, I think, from that point of view. Jeez, it's good not to have Murchie as an option for centre, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Murchie on his way to, well, at Paramount. So. Yeah, no, he's looking like he's going all right. Um, where are we? Uh, where are we, boys? Just at I think we need a, we need a segue to something here. A little segue. Shall we lighten the mood a bit? Yeah. Well, okay. This is something. You were telling me a good yarn. You had a little yeah. episode, handshake episode in the weekend, eh? With me, I was at a wedding on Friday down in uh, Geraldine. It was a lovely affair um, and a good boozy party. It was actually the groom was Australian, so it was. Uh, it's a, uh, even split between Aussies and Kiwis, and we had a blast. But one negative to come out of the day was a bad, bad handshake um, with a, a young man. He was, he's in his late twenties. I won't, I won't uh, spoil it by saying exactly who he was in the, the you know, in the context of the wedding. But um, yeah, late twenties, someone you'd expect to have a decent handshake on him, and it was terrible. And it's really stuck with me. He, in he, what way? It wouldn't let me into the the hand. He like gripped my fingers real. Oh early. yeah, nah. It's like grabbing a bag of baby carrots or something. It was. It just felt horrible. I feel like we looked at each other like, oh no, that was bad. But we didn't say anything. Whereas you said, Brad, you actually. I, I pull it up. I yeah. pull it yeah. up. Yeah. If I feel like I'm being unfairly judged on my handshake, I pull it up like a rugby scrum. The whistle blows, we separate, <laughs> and then we rebind. We go no. in again and rebind it. Yeah, let's set that again, boys. Yeah, get a re- I have to. Like, there's a handshake, and I'm, I'm probably winding back the clock in a little bit old fact. My boys, both of them from the age of three, I've told them when they meet someone, a man shakes hands. And the handshake has been a big, big thing in my job as a father is making sure they get a handshake. Have you ever – Did you, I don't know if you've ever spotted the famous New Zealand handshake – the John Key handshake at the Rugby World Cup final fonts. Even no, the boys on that. Oh, no. We've got to uh, send you a link. Yeah, uh, we'll send you a, a crime was committed. It yeah, was, okay. He tried to turn it into a three-way. Well, and that's... while he was in there, he got his thumb clamped in between Richie McCaw and who was the other dude? I don't know, some joker handing over the, the trophy. So I think yeah. it, it was... And, and his thumb got caught in between their two hands shaking and he couldn't get out. And he was trying to get out, and he pulled out. But then, so so he just stood there waiting as well with his hand there, so brazen. He just kept it there, t- tried to turn it into this thruple-type setup. Yeah, it was Jeez. terrible. It's 
the camp out in New Zealand popular culture. Um, like I call if you go if like when I said before the whistle blow the whistle pull it I call it I sorry I John keyed that one. Jimmy yeah, right. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but we should I think I'm gonna start doing that, Brad. If it's bad, pull it up and say you gotta pull it up. crack at it. You can't have people going away thinking ill of you. You, you, yeah, you got like especially there's nothing worse than someone just grabbing all four of your fingers and then squashing them up. That mm. no, you got to remember. Remember back in the day, I was when you bring this up. Well, I remembered about um, living in Queenstown and the, the the array of handshakes that used to go on oh, down there. Oh, Jeez, man. people oh. would snap and click out, and then there was the hive. Like I, I'd just about come out in hives if I seen a mate coming at me from down the road trying to remember how he was going to approach me and what <laughs> what handshake he he went with opted with yeah well the uh, you know the sort of bro you know the upright yes. arm one or the traditional you don't know who's gone what and it's an absolute pigsty yeah. well, this, you've got your skater shake which is like a handshake but you come out wide and oh, okay. i could never get that one oh, yeah, yeah so it's skater shake and then polder the singer remember polder from the lead singer from shapeshifter have you ever heard of shapeshifter fonds don't think so mate no they're like an electronic new zealand electronic drum and bass crew yeah he's through this crazy finger snap while you were locked into your bro shape then he would click his fingers as well like mate it was horrible being popular walking down the street in queenstown i tell you lucky you don't have a uh, didn't have a rugby league podcast back then brad you've been oh, here for every two seconds just <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a bit of a lost art in sydney i think like what, i don't, I don't I don't feel like we got the the handshake culture we used to have. Actually, I mean, it's gone a bit. I was just thinking that. I was thinking, it's it. I don't think it's normal for people blokes to shake hands in Sydney. What? It's what? Just shaking hands normally? No, I don't. I don't think so. Like people do it, but it's not expected. It's not um, like it's. There's a lot more, you know, wave. Oh, yeah. yeah, a lot more wave or how you going or. Um, it, it's almost like handshakes are either for people you know really well or yeah. or not at all. Yeah. But if you're sort of anywhere in between, you, it's a bit more just how you going or yeah, that sort of thing. With I'm your, big um, on the handshake and I'm big on the when you open a beer, you wait for the other guy to open his and cheers before either of you have your first step. First one, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty standard here too. Yeah. From with your European background, Fonz, how are you? Uh, you know, the I'll oh, kiss on the each uh, each cheek. Is it I'm two at, cheeks or one cheek? So I'm only half European background. So I've got okay. um I've got a bit of both. So just one cheek. Then. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, it depends. Depends what you look like, Will. Um, <laughs> what about your yeah. grandmother? If you went to see, is it two cheeks? If you went to see your grandmother. Oh mate, it's uh, yeah no. There, there is definitely a difference, different yeah, reaction on both sides. Um, yeah. But you know, like anything, the older generations are a bit more, you know, a bit more formal around some of these things. So, you know, there's there's times when you've got to go for kisses just to make sure you've ticked all the boxes. You know what I mean? And and that's okay. That's that's good. And actually, Les Larkin. You what? I've never hugged Les Larkin. It's always a handshake of Leslie. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Fawn's just going back to our in-person meeting. That wasn't without its awkwardness, given that we sort of ran each, into each other on a staircase. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I threw it. Okay. It was a bit. It was a bit awkward. Yeah, we're on a staircase that could only fit one person. <laughs> so 
Did Fonz take the alpha position two steps up? <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember. I was coming down and you were coming up, but I think we went back down. So I followed you back down. Um, shook hands but, off uh, the stairs and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you were a bit frazzled, Will, that that night. Like when you were like, you just got off the plane. I think you're a bit dusty, to be honest. Yeah, and, dusty. And, yeah. and and you were you were sort of in a pretty hectic part of Sydney, and I, I just I just got the sense that Will was sort of drifting along and having a good time but yeah he wasn't uh he wasn't too worried about formalities let's say yeah um and you know we met a few of our, our uh, dedicated list- listeners as well so it's yeah a little bit out of my comfort zone it was good though hey. um looking ahead to 2023 on a, in a broader sense uh boys what's your what's your feeling what's your gut feeling about we've heard a fair bit about Fonz reckons, and he's uh, certainly keeping, uh, particularly compared to last year, I, I would say, um, just just uh, pulling the reins back a bit on on getting too far ahead of ourselves, optimism wise. Yeah, well, I've I've seen this come up in the run sheet. I had jotted down four things that I'd like to see that would have me ending the season happy. First one, I don't, I don't want to be trying to diagnose every week what's wrong with us. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd, I'd like to spend a year when we're not trying to diagnose where the problem lies. Not every week anyway. So that's one I'd like to eliminate from our conversations. How good would that be? Yeah, I just want to enjoy footy again. I'm, and another one, I'd like to be in for a sniff of the semis with a couple of rounds to go. Yeah. But I don't necessarily I – don't, I don't think we've got the squad to make – the eight, maybe. Who knows, though? But as long as we're in for a snip. Last year, how long were we? At? It was six weeks. We were playing for nothing, wasn't it? Oh, longer than I think. And because we we're playing so badly, I think you know, even we didn't even think about mathematics. Yeah. When we were still a mathematic chance, which is, you know, usually we're really clinging to every last scenario, but we just totally gave up the ghost. I think. And the la- the last thing, and it's something the Warriors have always had, but we haven't had for a few years. I'd love to see the emergence of a cult hero. Hmm. Jeez, I'd love to see a cult hero come through again through the ranks and just everyone get in behind. Who's um, it going to be, Brad? Who's it going to well, be? I, I jotted that down, and I, I sort of touched on it earlier. I think Montoya might hmm. turn into somewhat of a cult hero out in the – if he can get some quality – like you say, on the left edge, on the left edge out there, Fonz, <laughs> if he can get some quality ball, he's a finisher, and he could rack up some tries and start to actually win this crowd out. He could do something. Otherwise, there's uh, uh, I don't know. Arle might be one. Jackson Ford might turn into like a Mike Luck type character, just bleeding every second minute. Um, anyone you could think of as a cult hero that could come through? I'd like to see Barnett clock some bloke who wants to stand over the top of our pack. He'd be a cult hero real quick. Yes, yes, boy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I could. I can see that happening too, or Murata for that matter. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I think we need a bit of that this year. We need someone to because we are going to get bossed through the middle a bit, but we do need someone to to stand up and do that. I don't care. They get suspended for two weeks. No, nah, neither. Yeah, if, yep. that that's I'd sort of put that in the cult hero category as well. Just an absolute asshole that's reminding people not to not to cock us around. You might be beating us by thirty on the field, but I'm still going to lay into you with the yeah. shoulder. Don't take the piss. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
I've got a checklist of three things that I would love to see this year. Um, Defence, obviously, it was the worst in our history last year. Uh, 27 points per game, worst in the comp. Um, I'd love to see it under 20 per game. The last time it was under, I think the only time probably in the last decade that it was under 20 was in 2018. And obviously, we made the finals on the back of that. Uh, yeah, just I think that's going to be a pretty good gauge of how, how we've improved is what that points per game number is. Um, would love to see us either beat or at least challenge the top teams every now and again. Make you know a team to be a bit frightened. Yeah. They don't necessarily know they've got two points in the bag when they're facing us. We haven't beaten anyone decent for a few years now, um, and that used to be a hallmark of the Warriors. We might lose games we should win, but we'd you know knock over the team that that wins the comp kind of thing. Um, and one I'd love to see is a warrior get 10 tries for the season. <laughs> it hasn't happened since 2019 when Ken uh, ran in 17 tries. The last three years we've uh, been, the top try scorer has been held to less than 10, which is a pretty dismal stat. Yeah. So those are the three that I jotted down. I'd love to see a spine player get player of the year as well. I, when you when you work horse. When your Tohu Harris's, when your Simon Mannerings are getting your Player of the Year award, that's a sign that you've probably had a pretty subpar year, or you're in the bottom. Chance doesn't count though. You can't get Player of the Year off. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Sean Johnson getting Player of the Year would be a bit of a turn up for the books. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Fons, any um, barometers that you'd that you're sort of hanging your hat on for the year being a bit more cerebral than the two of us? I mean, no, I mean, it's, I mean, what you said before about Bellamy kind of resonated with me, right? Which is all the game model stuff is the difference if all the attitude and commitment and mental stuff is right, you know? So you've got to see that, right? It wasn't right last year. That side of things was not right last year. So we've got to see that right. Otherwise, we're wasting our time. Um, and then from there, I, I, like, I don't expect that. The roster has gaps. I don't expect Webby system to be fully, you know, humming um, until very late in the year, if at all. But sort of picking up what you both said, I think I want to see that there are periods of games when any team is scared of us because yeah. when, we, when we do get going, the system works, you know, and, and it might be that we don't get going all the time or we're clunky and make errors and that. But when we do get going, you can see what it would look like if we just got yeah. better, better at it. Um, and same in defence. I think it's defending your errors. Uh, Teats was big on this on the call. We had, um, you know, like if we're going to be playing a slightly more more expansive game and so on, we've got to be able to defend errors. So I'd like to see that when teams get uh, – we make an error, teams get good ball in our 40, that the attitude from the players but also from us as fans is, all right, let's see what you got. You know, rather than oh shit, here we go. You know, so yeah, yeah. if if I feel like that at the end of the year, I think that'll be the kind of building blocks where you'd be looking at it going, we'll move up a lot next year. You know, and and maybe sign a sign a prop or two. Remember um, the good old days when we used to play awesome for sixty minutes and get beaten in the last twenty. I wouldn't mind that a couple of times this year. Well, if if yeah. that was the case, that'd be a conditioning and bench rotation issue that you can fix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. 
Um, at the moment, it's like it doesn't matter. There's no periods of games where you look at it and go, "Well, that that would win, be top four. There's none. So, yeah, I think well, that's that's basically. Instead of St George and the Titans, I'll be happy. Come season's end, wherever they end up, if they end up 12th and we're 11th, I don't care. If they're 14th and 15th and we're <laughs> da da da. What do you think about? Do you know how there's a uh, there's obviously a buy every weekend because the odd number of teams. Yeah, three yeah. buys in the air for every team. How, how do you think they should work out that first round buy? Saints got it. Saints it, got it. Yeah, <laughs> they got it. But would it be an advantage for the premiers to sit and watch what the teams bring out first round? That's a good point. Actually. I'd rather play in round one, I think. Well, I think you oh. would, but imagine Penrith doing, being able to see what people are taking on the park a week ahead of everyone. Well, I reckon it's the other way around. Like, so you you want your buy, you want your buy late when you got injuries, right? So mm. make the premier set it out so it's a bit of an equalisation thing. You know what I mean? Like, or, yeah, yeah. Because like we're, we're coming in. I mean, you might get injuries in preseason training and all that, but. Um, really, I think sitting out for a week, you'd just be getting cold, wouldn't you? Rather than that, that's get... a, yeah, that's what I that's what I thought. Danny's sort of peeked into my brain the other day, thinking, shit, how do they how are they working out this first round? I suppose it's a draw, isn't it? And the computer just pulls out all the numbers, and yeah, the draws are. But I, th- I think it could be used as an advantage or disadvantage better. Well, I've got a bit of uh, trivia here for you, Brad. Uh, Whoa, are we? Is it what is it stats corner? Oh, it can be. Give us a jingle. Well, hey, well, let's dust this sucker off. Hang on, hang on. I'll get in nice and close. That's corner. Ooh, uh, I reckon uh, our listeners each week were, were in the double digits when uh, that was last. <laughs> yeah, Brad, that was beautiful, though. Um, the only time the Warriors have had a round one... Well, it's happened twice, actually. I'll, I'll go through the other one. But the genuine only uh, first-round buy when there was an odd number of teams. 2002, we sat out round one, went on to win 17, 17 games or so, won the minor premiership, made a grand final. So it's probably a good omen. Uh, the other year was 96 when all the Super League teams sat out the first round um, before coming back into the fold for the year. Um, and, yeah. 2002, that's when Bulldogs got stripped all their points, eh? And we snuck in. (laughs) We'll take it. We'll take it. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else? Uh, We've certainly pushed the the time out a fair bit. Is there anything else we want? You had uh, to have a bit of a chat, Fonz, about some of the similarities and what maybe philosophy that you've noted from Webster and Brown. Obviously, we want to see the exact opposite results, but uh, you reckon you've seen a couple of similarities? Oh, partly, I just wanted to wind you up a bit, Will. With it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, but I do think um, you listen to Webby talk about fast, um, strong mobile middles, um, and you hear Webby talk about completions aren't important and these sorts of things. And it, to me, it resonates with a bit of what Brownie was saying um, in his game model. So I suppose, like, I feel like listening to Webby talk about the game, not about attitude and accountabilities, I think he's a different kind of person around that. He's he's a different style of leader, let's say that, to Brownie. Um, and, and I think one who's more likely to be successful with our club. But um, I actually don't think there's a radical shift in thinking 
around the game and the game model from Webby to Brown. Uh, I won't dive into that now, but, um, you know, I, I think that's something to think about maybe and revisit as we go because I think Webby is on board with this, the game's changed idea. You know, the the big prop has a different role now. Um, the way, you know, we look at defence, the way we look at... Um, the way we look at sort of yardage and the things we worry about is different. And I, I think there's a lot of similarity with Brownie. I mean, I don't think anyone thought Brownie had no idea about footy, right? Like he clearly had some ideas about footy and he's been in the game a long time and I think a lot of his thoughts were on the right track. Um, so, yeah, I I'd sort of um, just wanted to make that point. You could go back to listen to Brownie if you wanted to on our friends at Sands, for example, from a year ago. And listen to his preseason thoughts about the game and so on, and they sound a lot like Webby when he's talking about the roster, um, the game, and all that. And um, I, I actually think Webby's the difference with Webby and the positivity around him is more about his style of a leader as a person and and how he's going to back that down into the team, where everyone's in New Zealand and there's none of that rubbish going on, you know. In yeah. Webby, he seems to be on the up where Brown was on the decline, wasn't he? So Webby's still got confidence. He come from a confident club. Brown, he come from Newcastle. I don't, yeah, I hope there's not too much similar. We have to, it might be an in-depth pod again, is it? <laughs> oh, probably not because it's it's a bit too backwards looking. But it did just strike yeah. me, you know, like yeah. if – if if because I, I replayed the pod I did with Teats um, from a year ago just as a flashback one – because um, I wanted to get some of those ones on the This Warriors Life um, podcast feed so they're all there rather than – because I'll probably shut mine down at some point, to be honest, and not have it there at all. But um, we'll it was put them in a business. He's given up. put them in a business. Hostile, oh, I think of a hostile takeover. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I was listening to that and I was thinking, well, a lot of the um, game model type ideas that I had a year ago, well, Webby's – and that we were talking about and that were partly coming from Brownie, well, Webby's not disagreeing with those. You know, Webby's saying the same types of things. Um, and he's he's sort of doubling down even where he's that's he's not worried about the roster. You know, he's saying the roster's good. I've got what I need. And I don't think he does, but he's saying he does. So, yeah, I, I just find that interesting. Like, I, I don't think – I'm more and more thinking Brownie's technical understanding of the game wasn't a problem at all. It was – Something else, you know. Yeah. Chemistry, maybe. The most yeah. interesting difference for me is when Brown came on board before he'd even sort of got his feet under the desk, he was kind of talking down our chances. And this is when we were coming home with a wet sail under Peyton. So it was, oh, you know, it's a long rebuild. We've, you know, we've just got to be patient, blah, 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 um, which is exactly what he did at Newcastle, uh, tempering expectations. And that really didn't sit well with me at the time. And I think it that's how it turned out. Worst winning record in Warriors coaching history. Webster's coming in hot, saying, you know, we're not here to make up the numbers. We want to win every game that we can. And, you know, I just love that attitude. And he's come from a winning, you know, winning culture. He's been under Ivan Cleary for five five years or so. Um, I don't know. I just think that's the sort of main difference between those two. But then what, what happens if he doesn't win, Will? What, um, happens, what happens if we're one and five at six round six? Well, obviously that's not a good start, but I mean, the, well, the benefit of him is he's a rookie coach, so he's he's just going to get that leeway anyway. Um, 
but I don't think he's going to, I guess, make the same sort of excuses that we heard from Brown. Oh, guys are too young. We're Australia. We're, you know, this, that and the other thing. I don't think there's going to be more accountability. And, um, yeah, I don't think we're going to be one of five. What, what, okay, so let me let, let me ask that. Like, you can bring up the draw while I talk. Maybe this is a good way to finish, because because we'll, we'll, we can reset this in six weeks, right? So, where do we reckon we'll be after six rounds? Well, this was part of my over under thing, so I'm actually going to extend that. Oh, okay. To okay. seven rounds, um, and I've got a reason for making it seven rounds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so oh, we're going to do some over under. Predictions. If you if you boys got time, still? yep. Yeah, we'll finish it up. We'll this one out first, just because it uh, just sort of flows on from what you were just talking about, Fons. Um, just let me bring up my uh, array of stats here. Okay, so first seven rounds, boys, over under three point five wins, and the reason that I've picked three point five, we've only won our first four games. Uh, for four of our first seven five times in 28 seasons which seems insane for any club but that's the stats uh 96 was the first time we did it missed the finals that year but the other four the common thread is that we did very well 2002 2003 minor premiers six uh, 2007 we finished fourth and 2018 went five and oh and and finished eighth but only one went off the off the competition lead so it's a good barometer uh, winning four of those first sevens but uh four of those first seven but it hasn't happened very often in our history if i can run us through uh the draw obviously we've got the knights yeah we've got up. we got the knights twice we got the cowboys twice in the we've first got, seven rounds yep we've wow. got the we've got the roosters uh the bulldogs and Cowboys, yeah. Knights, Roosters, Cowboys, Bulldogs, Sharks, Knights again, Cowboys again. Yeah. Some, yeah. We got two, two wins from me. I'd love three, but out of those teams, I think they're all. Yeah, I don't. I think we're better than Newcastle, but I don't see us beating them twice in seven weeks for some reason. Yeah, I'm going. Three would be amazing, but two, I think I'm there with you, Fonz. Yeah, I reckon we, um, you know, four's not out of the realms of possibility that we knock over, you know, Cowboys at home. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's if things are going well. If we're if we are, you know, struggling to find our feet, then we could easily find ourselves one five, one five, one and six. Two games against the Knights is possibly handy, but geez, we want to win that first one. Looking at that uh, start to the season, because the second one against the Knights is the way. Who knows what the Bulldogs are going to be like a month into the season. They could be flying on the back of their new signings. I think yeah. we've all said in different ways, we don't really care about results as long as we see performance, like see see yeah. something out of it. Like We're Warriors supporters. We we don't need wins. It's blatantly obvious we don't. But we just, I, I reckon Webby's talking to his players when he says, we're here to win now. We're here to do it. I don't. I, I actually don't think. I, I know. Like I haven't asked Webby this, but I, I don't think he's sitting there thinking he's going to win more games than he loses this year. Not this I, year. I, I, I think he's he's just that's the mental approach he wants the whole organisation to have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
So you you got to fake it till you make it a bit, you know. And I think I think that's what he's doing. But if you're asking me where's my money going, like if you said, you know, put your house on it, Fonzie, right? I'm I'm going under three and a half wins every day. Will you know? It's yeah, we'll probably start struggling to get four ones out of that bunch, I guess. But um, yeah, three I think a good I, effort, I reckon, out of that bunch, three would be a real good effort. Dogs aren't going to be dogs are going to be a pretty tidy team this year. So then you're going to have all these people saying, well, Webby said we're going to win now, and Webby said we've got a good squad, and Webby said we've got no excuses, and we're two and five. Oh, Webby's no good. You know what I mean? That's why. Yeah. That's the only reason I don't want to get too carried away with it because I actually think Webby is good, and I think um, mm. he's the right kind of coach, but I just going to take time. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, a, a bad start result, like win-loss-wise, is just going to bring its you know, natural pressure anyway, unfortunately. Yep. Even if they are much improved, people saying, well, why can't you turn those good performances into wins? Uh, he's Speaking of round one, he's looking to become only the fifth Warriors coach to win their first game. Uh, the others being Mark Graham, 99, Tony Kemp, uh, midway through 2004, Steve Kearney won his first game, and Soda Browning. Jeez, that's, that's not, I'd, I'd almost want to lose it to get away from that company. I'd jump out of that stat. <laughs> Yeah, well, any of them ended well. No, well, they don't tend to to end well. I think the only person that ended well at the Warriors was Ivan Cleary. Um, But yeah, pretty grim reading. Uh, Do me to throw a few of these other over the yeah, fun these ones. Uh, Well, first of all, ladder finish over under eleven point five on the ladder. I'm under. I've got us sort of 12, 13. Yeah. I've got us around that 11, 12, 13 as well. I'll go over just for the replay at the end of season to see who's got bragging rights. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, be a bit more optimistic and and, um, and say over. I think 10, 10, 11 is very much achievable. And I really don't think that uh, the finals are totally looking at the competition as a whole. I think there's a lot of teams that are kind of either in the same position as us or, you know, teams that are kind of in that middle of the pack that might be a bit weaker this year and there is a chance for us to jag a, jag a spot in the eight. Things, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of stuff has to go well, but, uh, yeah. Uh, sure, well, this is talking about, I guess, uh, Sean Johnson's future with the, you know, the threat that possibly Metcalf and Martin could be an option this year. Um Sean Johnson, over under 16.5 games and over under 40.5 points. Now, the reason I picked those numbers is because he needs 17 games to become the fifth warrior to reach 200 NRL games for the club and uh, 41 points to become the first ever warrior to score 1,000 points for the club. I, th- I think he'll do I think he'll do both of them this year. I don't know. I'd, and it's just because I want him to. I, th- I think he will. How much has he played overall then? How many did he play for the Sharks? Um, he's supposed yeah, to 250-odd. His, yeah. his, average, his yeah. average over the last four or five years is more than 16 and a half, I think. Yeah. It's only, it's only really one season where he was, yeah, to that uh, 2021 season, he played 10 games. Otherwise, he's played 16-plus his whole career. Only missed the three games last year, and two of those were in the first month of the season. I, how, how, how much everyone rides the bloke, but he's played two fifty odd 
Yeah, up to 27. So, he could, so if he plays every game this year, he'll crack 250 for his career in his 13th season, which isn't too bad going. Um, I think injury is the only thing that stops him playing 17 games, personally. And I'm assuming he's our goal kicker. He's only, you know, only really recognised goal kicker, so he should cruise past the 1,000 in the first five or six rounds, I guess, hopefully. I'm going to say under. Ooh, through injury or poor form? I, I don't want to go into it. I just, I just, I'm just gonna say, I don't, I don't like it, but that's what I think. Yeah. If yeah. I'm, if, if I'm putting my money on it, that's what I'd do. And if it comes down to goal kicking, Pompey can top. He, he can knock a couple over. Pompey's <laughs> uh, playing enough games to score forty points. <laughs> We're in trouble. Um, speaking of those types, uh, E. Cossey over under. <laughs> 10.5 games uh, chose that number because he got to 11 um, in his first full season, really, last year. I think he's under. With There's some quality sniffing around that Telfa and Telfa or whatever. Um, yeah, I think there's some quality. I'm going under. I can over. Do you? Yeah? yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, I just don't know who, who else is going to play wing. If, yeah. if, if we, I just thought he was so bad in the trials that he's going to have to really shine in New South Wales Cup for weeks on end. To... But he probably will. <laughs> but but who, who else is there? Who's, who's going to play wing? Um, who else is... Who, what's our wider squad? Look yeah, like? who's in the 30? That's what I'm thinking. I, I just don't see where it is. Awkward questions. <laughs> yeah, that's the... <laughs> Telfer, I, I think he, I think he's first drop winger on both sides. So the question is, are you going to get? What did you say? Eleven. Yeah. Are you are you going to get eleven weeks where, um, collectively the two wingers are out? Probably. Based, like, like, well, last year he wasn't first drop winger. He sorry, he wasn't a starting winger. He. Well, Dallas was out quite a bit, wasn't he last year? Oh, actually, Montoya made that comment that got him out for six yeah. weeks. I'm going to change my vote. I'm going under. I'm going under. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like Dallin and Marcelo are pretty durable types and yeah. I'm hoping that they're on the wings to stay. I mean, I don't, you know, Marcelo is only a centre in an emergency for me. Um, yeah. I think I think it's a good sign for the, let's put it the kindest way I can, I think it's a good sign for the Warriors if He's under. Yes. plays under 11 games. Yeah. Uh, that's all I really had. Any, any over-unders for you, boys? Yeah, I'll, get, I'll, I'll give you one over-under. Let's see. I'll just I'll come up with one. Um, no, actually, I'm pulling it back. Sorry, boys. I'm pulling it back. <laughs> you teased. Oh. No, 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 no. I decided it's not the way to end. Um, no, good stuff. So... Parting, parting thoughts. Where are we? I've got to say, I'll give you mine first. I'm actually a bit nervous, um, which is good because last year, especially the back end of the year, I was just whatevs. I was um, yeah. pretty lacklustre in my own attitude towards the team. I'm a, I'm a bit nervous. I'm, I'm kind of – I feel like there is something to lose. You know, I feel like there is um, a little bit of an opportunity there. So I'm looking at round one. I'm a bit scared that it's going to be – more of the same, but I'm I'm hopeful enough that it will be different, or that you know that things will go well. That yeah, I'm a bit nervous. So that's that's, that's my parting thought. Because yeah, Fred and I were so I far. Think I can... 
add to that at all. I, I think you've highlighted exactly my thoughts on the season as well. Yeah. It's a Webster and the signings and just the, the feeling around the club that they've been able to generate among the fans again that we are actually looking forward to it like we usually do to start a, a Warriors season. Yeah. That's maybe the most excited I've been since the start of 2018. Yeah. Uh, for the start of a season, I think. You know, like an hour before, an hour and a half before kickoff, when you're already starting to like play the game in your head and like have a, open a beer and like you don't really want to talk to your missus about anything other than the game, and and yeah. she doesn't know what the hell you're on about. Like, yeah. that, I, I feel I know I'm going to have that on game day. Um, yeah, cool. And I didn't have that for the whole second half of last year, so really looking forward to that next Friday. Yeah, I think that's probably the perfect uh, note to to sign off on. Really, as we. So nine days out from our first game. Yep. Great. Hey, good to see your faces, lads. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Fonz, for joining us. I know you've been, been pumping out some content for us. He's, he's Danny Tanner in it as well at the moment too. He's solo dad in it. Oh, man. Oh, it's all happening, Fonz. Don't get me started, mate. Get me started. What pick up? How long before you got to shoot out the door for pickup, mate? Yeah, I don't even know, mate. Um, but... Um, <laughs> We didn't get to freezers as well. Brad put freezers on the agenda. I don't know yeah. what that was about. I was, yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit worried about that. But that's going to be next. So stay we'll, we'll tease that out for next week. Yeah, yeah, that's for some some hard hardcore freezer discussion. Um, Brad, is, Brad, is cricket uh, rained off? Ted's cricket. Well, it's, it's it's raining here now, so hopefully cricket. Because I um, gosh, sorry, we're stretching this out. But I flinched first at the first cricket game the other day, Fonz. All, yeah. The question was asked, all the dads looked away, and all of a sudden, yours truly is the coach. Oh, oh no. my goodness. Yeah, so. You went quick enough on the draw with a lie about why you can do it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't have a good enough excuse. So oh, uh, it's going to be rained off. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, you, you just be doing some coach some co- like coach sessions at home, won't you? You'll just be working out your game yeah, we'll model. Go hit and... the nets, mate. We'll go hit. No, it's actually going to be down. I've got a cushion down the hallway, and Ted's practicing bowling down the hallway. And then we've got the net set up at the top as well. Beautiful. But, uh, Fonz, next time, say what up to Smithy and uh, Steph <laughs> for me next time you see them. And, um... <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, right. Will and Brad and uh, Sins Radio's Fonzie signing off until round one. See you, lads. <laughs>